Welcome to the, the Youth, youth ministry, ministry in Motion podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What's going on, youth workers? Feeling pumped tonight? So I'm sitting here behind the microphone. And uh, I hope that you're doing well. You know, it's cold outside in some, some places you're listening. And others of you, it's perfectly fine here in Birmingham, Alabama. It is cold and windy, and it is going to be 37 degrees in the morning. So that is my world. Uh, I don't know what your world looks like, but I hope it's going well. I hope your ministry is going well. I hope some semblance of normalcy maybe is coming uh, to, back to your youth ministries. I don't know. I would love to hear from you. You can always head on over uh, to the Facebook group. Uh, there'll be a link down in the show notes. You can go over there and, and tell me a little bit about your ministry. I would love to hear from you. Uh, but now it's time for the motion metrics. So I want to talk about who's listening to the podcast. And once again, these are not 100%. When, these, when I talk about the top cities, they are, uh, there's no state given with them. So I have to just Google city of whatever it is. And then whatever comes up, I'm just assuming that that's the city. But if if this is not you, I want to apologize ahead of time. You can always correct me over in the Facebook group. Uh, So top cities that are listening is Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon. Thanks for listening. Uh, Erlanger, Erlanger, Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if there's many other Erlanger sounds pretty unique. So Erlanger, Kentucky, shout out to you. Thanks for listening. And Huntington, Indiana. So shout out to you, Huntington. Appreciate you listening and being a part of the program. I hope uh, hope you're enjoying. If you're brand new to the program, by the way, uh, thank you for coming in and listening and, and kicking the tires on this podcast. I hope that you will enjoy it. Um, countries that are listening. Um United States, uh, of course, is kind of in there, but I believe India might be new. So India, if you're listening from India, God bless you. Thank you for for listening. Blessings on you. Uh, And also Germany. Welcome, Germany. Appreciate uh, you being a part. My son took uh, lots of Germany, uh, German in school. So uh, he's made Strusel. He's done a few other things. So, uh, but that is my, uh, that is my complete, that is my complete knowledge of, uh, of Germany uh, other than uh, kind of where it is so forth. But thank you, Germany, India for listening. Blessings on your countries as you do youth ministry where you're at. So today I want to talk about four ways to keep students from falling through the cracks of your youth ministry. It happens to all of us, but I want to I want to start out with a story if I can and this is about a story about Elisa. Elisa started youth group in middle school and had been a part of our group for a while now and as a freshman, you know, she was involved in our band. Uh, slowly I started to see her kind of blend in though into the background. Uh, she had a lot of other things going on in her world. She had homework. I was thinking about getting a part-time job, uh, all those kind of things. And I didn't think too much about it at the time because students go through these phases from being deeply involved in youth to growing up and having different life demands. What I didn't know is that Elisa had been going through some family issues and at some point had some friction in the band leading her to back away. Shouldn't I have noticed this? Yes, I absolutely 100% should have noticed this. But why didn't I notice it? Well, I was too busy and busy as in, in, in quotation marks there, running the program. And I didn't have the systems in place to catch Elisa 
and others like her from slipping through the cracks. Now, the story that I just told you is fictional, but similar circumstances have happened in any, all, any and all of the youth ministries that I have served at, as well as youth ministries across the country, and maybe even yours. Maybe this story resonates with you. Maybe you have an Elisa or a Tommy uh, or a Bart or a Michael or a, a Chanel or whoever that may be in your ministry. And you're saying, how do I do this? How do I keep these kids from falling through the cracks? And um, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, how, you know, why does this happen? Why do we lose good kids, whether they're believers or not, to the cracks in our programming? Now, listen, all students hurt at various times and at various levels. Some kids live with the hurt of divorce and loneliness, bullying, abuse. These are the most vulnerable. These are the ones who feel it's better to just slip away than ask for help. And there are other students that are hurting in your ministry who stick around, grind it out. I mean, they come from good homes. You know, there is no, there is no classic case of hurt teenager. They come from all aspects, from all economic spectrums. They come from every demographic. Hurting teenagers are hurting teenagers. You can't control, listen, you can't control the decisions of the students or parents or the lore of the world or, uh, you know, these outside conditions that you're dealing with. What you can do, though, is you can make it harder for hurting students to slip away and maybe get the help that they need or at least create the space for them to find the help within your youth ministry. So how do you do that? Let me give you a few ways. I'm going to give you four ways that I believe you can start to at least shrink those cracks that might be in your program. And it doesn't matter whether you have a small youth group advantage, by the way, to small youth groups, it's hard for kids to fall through a crack because there's, there's less of them to fall through a crack. Uh, if you have a larger youth ministry, then yeah, they can, they can fall through cracks fairly easily, but you can lose a kid in a small youth ministry just as much as you can lose a kid in a big ministry. It's harder to do, but even the kids in the small youth ministry can fall through the cracks when we're not paying attention, when we're not uh, doing some of these things I'm about to tell you. And the first is this, deepen your personal relationships with students. I'm not talking about stalking kids. I'm not talking about having weird relationships. I, I, listen, the, the rule is that I have read about is that you can really only have seven to 12 deep personal relationships within an, an, an organization. You can't go deep with everyone, but you can go deep with a few. Now, who are the few? What should make up this seven to 12 relationships? And I would say that makeup is students who show leadership potential, students who are vulnerable and need positive attention, and students who are average and are looking for purpose. I want to read those three again. Students who, who show leadership potential, students who are vulnerable and need positive attention, and students who are average and looking for purpose. I happen to fall in the third category. I was an average kid. I was just average. I was, I had, there was no, I didn't, you know, play guitar necessarily. I mean, I, I did, but it wasn't great. Uh, you know, I was just an average kid trying things and, and looking for my way, you know, and you can lose an average kid because they're not on either side of the spectrum. They're, they're right there in the middle. So your goal should be to help each of these kinds of seven to 12 students that you're going to, you know, be in relationship with, help them find a small group where they can get help, where they can uh, shine, where they can heal, where they can explore, 
you know, where they can find what it is wherever they're at in the mix of those things. And as you deepen relationships with them, and that's, you know, that goes across the board any way you can do that. Maybe you're talking to a kid about their favorite anime or you're, 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 you know, you're deeping a relationship with them uh, through a common band or, you know, whatever that may be, deepen those relationships, you know, be a part of their world and their culture to the point where you can at least understand, you may not like everything that they like, but at least you can understand why they like what they like, right? The second thing you can do is this, focus on community, not numbers. Growth in a youth ministry can be an issue. It can be an issue to losing kids. When your youth ministry starts to grow, the kids that helped you make it grow sometimes start to bleed into the background. Kids get lost in the traffic of new students, new programs. I'm not saying you shouldn't grow, but in your plan to grow, you must develop systems where vulnerable kids don't get lost in the crowd. That's critical. Now, small groups are certainly a good method of helping kids connect. They can, they certainly shrink the cracks, right? That a student can fall into, but the crack is still there. Building strong community within the small group will make that crack even smaller. Bible study groups are, are not the only kinds of small groups a kid can be a part of. In fact, there are several small groups that you can identify within your own youth ministry that they can be a part of within your youth ministry. They can be part of a small group of leaders and students who go out to eat after youth group. They can be part of a small uh, discussion group within the context of your meeting. Say, hey guys, we're going to break up into groups of five and here's your question on the screen. Talk about it for five minutes. That's a small group. Uh, teams that help serve in your youth ministry. They don't necessarily leadership teams, but they're teams that, whether that's putting the chairs out, whether that's a team that does tech, whether that's a team that uh, puts out the communion for you, whatever that may be, they can serve. So you, they can, they can be in a, uh, in a small group Bible study where that's the focus of that, but there are multiple small groups within your, within your youth ministry that a kid can travel between and meet new people and connect. And that's, you can create those small groups where a kid can, you know, move through these various circles, you know, through there. So find a ways to include students into smaller groups so they can build relationships and allow the Lord to bind their hearts to those around them with the bond of love. Focus on the numbers and the cracks will only widen. Focus on community and the numbers will take care of themselves. The third way to to help these kids not fall through cracks is developing an empathetic team. Scripture says in Matthew 9, 36, says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's empathy. He's empathizing. Jesus is saying, look, I see them and I see what they're like. I see that they're, they're a lost people. And your desire, uh, you know, to, to not see kids fall through the cracks can't be your desire alone. You cannot uh, be the only person that bears that burden. You have to teach empathy and discernment uh, and all of those things to your leaders so that they can emulate that within your community. Community and empathy must be shared, uh, a shared value on your team and be reflected in the leadership and programming you choose. So what are the, what are the best skills for leaders when working with hurting kids or, or average kids or leadership kids or any kids? 
It's just one really you have to focus on, and that is listening paying attention. In other words, not listening so that you can, that you have to, you want to, uh, you know, inject something. You're not listening to speak. You're listening to understand. I like what Ernest Hemingway says. He says, when people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen. And that's the part there, listening completely, absorbing what people are telling you and not being quick to say, I already have an answer. I already have a scripture. I already have a a plan for you. I already have a thing. You got to listen. You got to be able to listen to people. All students, but especially hurting students, need to know that they're being heard. They need to know that when they speak, someone cares enough to listen about the pet that needs prayer, the parents who are stressing them out about college in seventh grade, the anime they love the most, the the fact that they feel ugly. All of these things are things that we need to hear. We don't need to be so quick with the answer as much as we need to be quick listening, right? Slow to speak, slow to slow to speak slow to anger right quick to listen right that's where we need to go listening requires patience but patience and listening are signs of love that pays off when a kid says hey thanks for listening thanks for giving me your time thanks for for just being here that's the payoff but that requires patience and listening leaders can do the basics a leader can check in with two to three students. This is just not just the youth pastor, but training your adult leaders to check in with two to three students to make sure they're okay or ask them if they have prayer requests or to pray with them directly, like in the moment. Make it easy for adults to connect with students in an ongoing way, whether that's saying, hey, adults, we're going to break up in groups of five in the youth meeting to just have a check-in and just to be able to share with people. You know, empathy is so important because I love this quote by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She says, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. I want you to think about that. Absorb that for just a moment. And that little quote there and all the quotes here, I'll put a link down there to the full script of this so you can grab these things if you want. But think about this. Through empathy, through listening, through helping adults connect with the right students and so forth uh, to be able to listen to them, you are making beautiful adults through empathy and listening in your youth ministry. You are making beautiful adults. Think about your own life. Think about the people that listened to you, that heard you, that understood you, that got you, that helped you become a beautiful adult because you had loving, caring people around you that listened to you, that understood, that says, I care. Emulate that within your youth ministry by training your adults to be the same way. And the fourth and final way that you can close the cracks within your youth ministry is just one word, and that is courage. You have to have the courage to close the cracks as best you can. Sometimes youth ministries grow to a place where you don't even know where the cracks are. You're, 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 you're flying by the seat of your pants, right? And you have to have the courage enough to slow down and examine But you say, Paul, if I do that, then the momentum will stop. Well, if you're losing kids exponentially, maybe it's time to slow down. Maybe it's time to slow down and listen. 
but you got to have the courage to slow down and listen. You have to have the courage to change the way things are done. You have to have the courage to ask students how they're really doing. You have to have the courage to change your team to match your mission. If you have a bunch of uncaring people on your team that aren't emulating certain principles or values or things that are going to close those cracks, maybe it's time to, to swap out some people or at least move those people from one area to another. You have to have courage to have difficult conversations with people, uh, students and adults. You have to have courage to call that student that hasn't been in a while. You have to have the courage to be hurt and rejected when you call that kid and say, hey, buddy, I've been missing you. I know I haven't talked to you in a few weeks or a month's month or three months. And they say, hey, I'm going to a new youth group now. You know what? Sometimes you just got to eat it and you got to take it and say, you know what? That's on me. I didn't make that phone call. Somebody didn't make that phone call. I'm going to make that phone call and I'll take the hit because it's on me. Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't what Jesus did is he had the courage to, to do what Maya Angelou says, have enough courage to trust love one more time and always one more time. Jesus loved one more time and had the courage to love one more time. Jesus continued to love all the way to the cross and he had enough love even on the cross to love one more time, to connect with one more person so that one more person can enter into the kingdom. And that is for you too, the courage to love one more time, to love a kid that's been gone for a little while. And maybe a kid is coming to your mind right now and you're thinking, wow, I haven't talked to that kid in a while. Maybe I need to connect, but it's been so long. I'm embarrassed. You know what? Do it anyway. You don't know where that kid's at. You don't know whether, whether they're going to another youth group or not. You're just checking on them. Go ahead and do it anyway. You know, find that kid, find their number, text them, uh, whatever you got to do. Love, have enough courage to trust love one more time and always one more time. And guys, that's it for today. I just wanted to share my heart with you and encourage you to close the cracks as best you can. Uh, I know you, you know, there's, I don't know of a youth ministry that keeps everybody, you know, for the extended amount of time for all four years. There are some, I'm not saying there's not any, but I, I'm not, I don't dismiss uh, that fact. I wish I could close all the cracks in all the youth ministry that we would lose none. You know, but the Apostle Paul says, look, I've become all things, right, so that I can, to all people, so that I can win some. You know, even the Apostle Paul, no, he, he couldn't win every battle. He, he couldn't win everybody, but he could win some. And about closing the cracks is winning those you can and, and not stressing out about maybe the ones that have. So, and if the Lord's in it, maybe the Lord just brings them back and you have to just trust the Lord in those cases uh, where a kid did slip through the cracks and maybe they come back and maybe you're able to reconnect with them through that text or that phone call. And I want to encourage you, listen, you're doing a good job. Maybe somebody's not told you that lately. You're doing a good job. Keep doing it. Get better. Learn more. Keep listening to the podcast. Maybe I'll say something that'll strike a chord and you'll be like, wow, I needed to hear that. And maybe some of you needed to hear this today, and I hope you take it in the spirit in which I have shared it. I want all these cracks to close. I want every kid to make it. I want a kid that comes into your youth group, come in at sixth, sixth grade and not leave until he's in 12th grade, but it must be intentional. Every youth pastor must be intentional with closing the cracks in their youth ministry to the best of their ability. 
And that's it for today, guys. I thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, I want to encourage you, go on over to the Facebook group. It's brand new. We have lots of discussion over there. Uh, we're chatting it up about the program. And uh, I'd love to hear your voice, especially if you're from some of these places that I mentioned, like Bend, Oregon, or Erlanger, Kentucky, or Huntington, Indiana. Come on over. If you're in India and Germany, join the Facebook group. We would love to have international conversations about what youth ministry looks like in your part of the world. But for today, guys, I'll close it out and just let you know, once again, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better at it. Keep trying, keep praying, keep trusting the Lord and uh, keep closing those cracks. That's it for today, guys. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. You've been listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast with Paul Turner. Visit thediscipleproject.net to sign up for the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter and get powerful and practical youth ministry tools in your inbox every month.